podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again. Another hotel room, um, as you probably noticed in my last video we're back in Brisbane now and uh, yeah the World Cup knockouts are starting and the World Cup has been quite incredible to be honest and you know if you're an England fan it, it's starting to get a little bit more exciting because Germany are out, Brazil are out, USA haven't looked that good but we could see more shocks that do include England but so much Chelsea stuff as usual to get into um, in terms of transfer things, the good, the bad, and also Chelsea's owners holding talks to raise funds. Uh, we'll get into all of that in today's show. And as well, Christopher Nkunku's injury scare. If you are new around here, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Thank you for all the support on the channel and the videos whilst I've been out here. Obviously, my, my schedule's been quite intense. There's been so much traveling and I haven't been able to do regular videos and, and shows as I'd wanted to. But um, thank you once again for all of your support and kind comments on the show you can also get the show as a podcast i've been uploading them as well in audio form as well so at son of chelsea just on on podcast spotify apple Podcasts, all of that stuff let's start with uh, michael elise and um, lewis hall because two players crystal palace involved obviously firstly chelsea apparently have made a verbal offer of around 30 million euros uh, for elise this is um Reported in, in certain places, um, we have heard Elise as a potential target. Kudos to from Ajax. We, we were speaking about these kind of extra attacking options that Chelsea could be looking at. And also the Athletic reporting um, recently in regards to Elise and interest from several places for him that there may be a release clause in his contract of around £35 million. So this is one that I think is is conflicting for me. Because I really like the player, I really do. I think he is a really direct, uh, ferocious winger. I think someone that quite clearly has an ambition to move up sort of the pecking order in football very quickly. We, I heard this about him as a player several years ago when he moved from Reading to Crystal Palace. And it's a shame that actually he has suffered some injury problems because I think when he has been on the pitch and he has shown his quality, he looks like a very, very dangerous player one that can only get better. I think Eze too at Crystal Palace, even though they've lost Wilfred Zaha, I think if they were to keep Elise and Eze, I think there is a, a real excitement that they could, you know, really have a decent season despite having some struggles in recent years. So I can understand why Chelsea would look at Elise and I can understand absolutely why Elise would see Chelsea. This is a great chance for him to move to Chelsea. And uh, for Chelsea, it's just, you know, increasing the quality in the final third. So I think the the potential of this deal makes a lot of sense the only thing i think that goes against it for me um as i spoke about with trevor chalabar and um Dizassi and kind of the uh, levi colwell benmar badiashil wesley fafana in the center back position is you have a lot of young players vying for limited spots in an area when they need and a time in their career when they need minutes We've bought Noni Manawake, for instance. We've even seen Raheem Sterling play on the right. We've seen, uh, I, I believe, Mikhailo Mudrik, even though he favours the left, could maybe be used on the right too. Again, you're getting maybe into a, an area of Chelsea like we have had in the previous kind of um, 
through years when you've got Christian Pulisic, Callum Hudson at the way, Timo Werner, um, Kai Havertz, you've got a bunch of players who need minutes and, and naturally there becomes a bottleneck where not everyone can play and, and then are you kind of blocking people's pathways and, and actually you're left with players who you were going to kind of feel quite stalled at Chelsea. I've kind of feel that Noni Manaweke, um, I'm so excited by what I've seen from him that I do think he is someone to, to put a lot of faith into. So Elise for me is not like, it's not that if he came in I wouldn't be excited because he's a player that I think several Chelsea fans that I know have, have looked at you know him for recent years and thought this could be a really good signing, but that was before we signed Noni Manoake. So I'm kind of like, if we do sign Elise, I'll be happy. If we don't, I'd be interested to see what happens with Noni Manoake because I think his development could go um, really far this year under Mauricio Pochettino. Um, the other thing, of course, is uh, Lewis Hall. Um, it's belief uh, Crystal Palace are working on the loan deal. Uh, for him, I just want to give credit to the, the journalist that broke this story, um, Edmund Brack, who works for uh, South London Press, London News Online, who broke this story in terms of Crystal Palace working for a loan deal. Whether this is involved in the Michael Elise negotiations, if there are, you know, if it, that is serious, we're not sure. But I do think that for Lewis Hall, this would be an amazing loan. I think it's a bit of a shame, to be honest, because I would have liked to have keep Lewis Hall and just sell Mark Kukurea, but And we could still sell Mark Kukurea and keep Ian Matson. I think for Lewis Hall, he absolutely deserves to be getting consistent minutes this season somewhere. And I would rather it be on loan to Crystal Palace, where we, of course, sent Conor Gallagher, sent Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think it's a really good area and a really good place for him to get consistent minutes. I think not only will he can be competing with Mitchell at left-back there, but potentially... Uh, under Roy Hodgson will get a midfield spot too and really show his, his his talent and then hopefully in a year's time there'll be an opening for him at Chelsea that's at least a hope and as well apparently Chelsea working on a long-term contract as they do quite frequently with young players so then he'll we'll sign him up for a long-term deal before he goes on loan so then there isn't that concern of him going on loan and then us you know being in a really bad negotiating position where we have to sell him or, or like he sees you know the path elsewhere I just think that Lewis Hall is you know really really talented and given what he did last season needs to be getting consistent minutes this season I think it, it's a loan that would make a lot of sense personally for him I do understand why some Chelsea fans would be frustrated losing Lewis Hall given if Mark Kukure is sticking around I absolutely listen I understand that frustration 100% Let's talk about Nkunku. Uh, Nazar Kinsella speaking uh, for Evening Standard saying that there is relief around Chelsea. Um, but new signing labelled a major doubt for the opener against Liverpool. The news uh, since that injury blow that we saw against uh, Borussia Dortmund um, is, is relief because it's not as serious as first feared. But apparently the forward is still likely to miss the opening match against Liverpool on August the 13th. Which, based on my Australian time, um, tomorrow will be a week Till that game, so we're very close now. The France international limped off in the 22nd minute of Chelsea's final preseason match against Dortmund after falling under a challenge from Mats Hummels. It's a blow, it really is. Um, I, you know, I do think you know, you look at opening start for for Brinkunku, he has had a really, really promising preseason. Um, he scored a couple of goals, he's he's looked really talented, I think he's looked really settled. And it's a big game against Liverpool. You want your best players available to make an impression, to really get the season going on a high. 
And Nkunku is, is arguably the biggest signing Chelsea have made other than, you know, keeping Levi Colwell. I think that it's just it's just a real shame, isn't it? Chelsea have just had some really rotten luck with injuries. But um, the hope is he can be back pretty quickly if he does miss the Liverpool game. And as well, I do think there are options in the squad for, for players to take their opportunity. Ones who have been good in pre-season, whether that is... You think of a free behind a striker, right? Which we assume is going to be Nicholas Jackson against Liverpool. Um, whether it is Mikhail Mudrik, Conor Gallagher, uh, Ian Matson, who's played further up the pitch. So it's it's not like there isn't players who could come in for Nkunku at least for one or two games that don't excite me. Um, it's just for him to get his season up and running in the Premier League. Hopefully, can be soon. Um, let's talk about Robert Sanchez, who's obviously basically signed it. While every season is special at Biltmore. There's just something about autumn. It's the perfect time to wander and explore the color-splashed gardens and grounds of Biltmore Estate. Or take a guided cycling tour on a crisp, cool morning. Then toast to the season's fleeting beauty with a complimentary wine tasting. Fall won't last forever. Savor it while you can at Biltmore. Stay and save up to 20% on select dates at Biltmore.com. This point they've announced... Uh, Axel Dezassi, um, which we spoke about the other day, not a signing that is exactly, you know, uh, making me that exciting about things because I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a massive upgrade. But Robert Sanchez, um, 25 million, apparently 20, 25 million uh, with add-ons. Um, I'm not as negative as everyone else about Robert Sanchez. I do think this is a player that, you know, it seems to be, from a Chelsea point of view, there's been real revisionism over Brighton with Graham Potter that has just kind of baffled me because the common, you know, um, perception of Graham Potter and Brighton and what he did with a set of players before he joined Chelsea was overly positive. And then seemingly because it went so wrong for him at Chelsea, everyone's had to go back in time and kind of revise that actually what he did with Brighton was awful and shouldn't be credited at all. You know, taking a team from relegation battle um, under Chris Hewitt and playing really reactive football to one that played some of the best football in the Premier League. I just, you know, it's, it's just, and Sanchez as a goalkeeper was a part of that. And it's just, um, it's just weird to me. And I think Robert Sanchez, you know, I think there needs to be context here that he is someone that, you know, fell out with the manager. It wasn't a case of his form completely nosediving. But I don't think Sanchez is to the level of Andre Onana. Um, it's just baffling to me Chelsea haven't gone in for him. And it's also baffling to me that Chelsea have spent, we sold Edward Mendy, who for me is a better goalkeeper than Kepa Rizabalaga, and also probably a better keeper than Robert Sanchez. And uh, we've now signed Robert Sanchez for more than we originally signed Edward Mendy. Um, Edward Mendy, I, I just, I, I, we spoke about this when he left earlier in the summer. I just, I, I found the treatment of him really, really bizarre. Um, yes, he was struggling with form. Yes, maybe he had reached his peak, and that peak was only a limited period of time. But when we're we're thinking about you know Kepa, when we're thinking about the goalkeeping goalkeeping options we have, and how serious a, an area it is for Chelsea to resolve, I just think it's um, it's not a it's not a, an area of the squad that we have dealt with very well, in my opinion. And I still kind of think that Kepa. I was meaning to say this on the Dortmund review that you know again. There's just parts of his game that's just very hard to get round and um, feel like they're going to cost Chelsea in key moments. So hopefully Sanchez, as someone who quite clearly is very um, adept with the ball at his feet, and I think is someone who's clearly going to be motivated to prove himself 
at, at, at a bigger club. Hopefully that that proves to be a, a good motivator for him, but it's not exactly the the massive upgrade I think many of us would have hoped for this summer. Um, the final thing to speak about here is this kind of thing over Chelsea owners holding talks with uh, Ares, I think it is, over raising funds this is from the Financial Times. Uh, the Premier League club apparently is looking to upgrade stadium and emulate um, Manchester City's model by adding to a network of teams. It's obviously the multi-club model. Chelsea are also looking for further acquisitions after making its first move into the multi-club ownership in June with the purchase of Strasbourg. The other thing here is in terms of the stadium. And once again, was it April, May time we spoke about this story of Chelsea looking to um, either you know, completely redevelop Stamford Bridge, which still seems like the more likely option, or move to Elves Court, which, you know, seemed out of the question a few years ago, but that development plan just hasn't moved forward at all since they knocked down the exhibition centre, uh, which is, I mean, that's a long time ago. I think it was even pre-COVID they knocked that down. So it's 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 been a long time. And I still, um, we spoke about this at the time, I still don't understand when I heard reports that there was this anti-Els Court movement in terms of like fans being so against the idea of going to Els Court when the other option is if we redevelop Stamford Bridge, even if it is stand by stand, there's a likelihood of Chelsea having to move to say Wembley for a, for an extended extended period of time. And personally, that doesn't fill me with a lot of joy having to go to Wembley because I just don't think it's a very good stadium. And I think you know for for Chelsea fans, obviously it radically alters our match day experience. The thing with Els Court, as you know, as you if if you've been to Stamford Bridge, if you know that the, the location of Stamford Bridge, if you know the way people usually get to Stamford Bridge. Ells Court, in terms of the tube station, um, is where a lot of people either arrive at Stamford Bridge or absolutely will leave um, Stamford Bridge and walk to Ells Court rather than Fulham Broadway. So it's an area of Stamford Bridge with Brompton Cemetery too that you know is very local to Stamford Bridge. I know that personally very well and it would not alter the match day experience radically. Sure, there would be some way where people, but even if people were like still going to the pubs they would um near you know the Fulham Road where they go to Stamford Bridge you know that the geography of it all means that I think you could still go to pubs close to Stamford Bridge and still go to Ells Court and you know the, the distance wise it isn't like ridiculous you know you could still keep a lot of the match day rituals that you have actually because it's in a very local area um that's just the way it is in that in that part of London so I I think that there is a lot of benefit potentially to move to Ells Court and um, maybe then you don't have that kind of uh, fear of having to move out of Stamford Bridge for years and years and years and the potential headaches they've had for, for a number of years of trying to redevelop Stamford Bridge. Listen, leaving Stamford Bridge uh, is going to be an emotional thing if it ever was to come and, and you suspect in Chelsea's history it will probably happen or at least... Um, the likelihood is of of it being majorly redeveloped or us having to be outside of Stamford Bridge. Yes, we can look at these very iconic grounds um, across the world. But it's not the case that every big club has to move stadium. Um, you know, you look at Old Trafford, you look at Anfield, um, but then you also look at the Emirates. You also look at Tottenham's new stadium. Uh, you also look at the Allianz Stadium with Bayern Munich. There are examples in both ways of, of keeping what you already have, but then there are pitfalls to keeping what you have because as we've seen with Old Trafford, with the lack of funding, that ground can be um, and has been deteriorating and fans have been very frustrated about that. Um, Liverpool, though, I think of, on the other end of the spectrum have maintained and upgraded Anfield whilst keeping what 
makes Anfield special to Liverpool fans um, intact, I think, in the best way possible. You'd like to think that Chelsea could have that. But, you know, London is, is a very different place. You know, you go to a lot of stadiums, you know, also out here in Australia, right? There's, it's just Chelsea are in such a confined space in West London. Like, it's not, it's such a unique stadium in that sense. It's not on the outskirts of, of a city where there's tons of space to redevelop. Um, it's It's been a real challenge for the previous ownership in this one. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I just, I don't personally feel that if Chelsea are going to move out of Stamford Bridge, the else court idea I don't think is is a is an awful one. I think it's actually a, a very viable one. That actually makes sense when you when you look at it because it doesn't take Chelsea out of their local area. It maintains I think a lot of what Chelsea is. I know we all love Stamford Bridge. We I, I would love to stay in Stamford Bridge for the rest of time, right? And and if that can be done, but if it turns out that maybe it makes uh, more sense and maybe it actually means that Chelsea can you know, have a great farewell to Stamford Bridge but then move into a stadium that's local. Is that the worst thing in the world? Let me know your thoughts. Um, I mean, football starting this weekend, although Chelsea's pre-season fixtures have ended, we are now going into that week, heading up to the first Premier League game. So um, I'm sure I'll be talking more and we'll see what happens on the Moises Casado thing, right? As I keep saying every single video, um, it doesn't seem to be dead yet. So let's hope. Those are my thoughts. Follow me on Twitter at Chelsea, and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.